You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into this Friday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9. My name is Ryan LaVoy. I'm the host of this show. I've got Cam Berry and Brooks Childers with me here on this fun Friday. A lot to talk to you about as we get set for another weekend of playoff football, another weekend of Auburn basketball and college basketball as a whole. And if you missed last night's action, usually Thursday not as relevant to Auburn as uh, some of the other midweek days and not relevant to the SEC. However, uh, pertaining to Auburn, Gonzaga lost to Loyola Marymount last night. And that means Auburn now blessed with the longest winning streak at home in NCAA basketball with a 28-game home winning streak. I believe the Gonzagas was either 75 or 76. And they lost to Loyola Marymount last night in Spokane. And so Gonzaga has lost at home. Auburn now with the nation's longest home winning streak. That will not change this weekend. Auburn does not play at home this weekend. So... Uh, their next opportunity will be next week to extend that streak, but that was some pretty exciting news. And, of course, we will preview Auburn's next basketball game as they get set to take on South Carolina in Columbia this weekend. And, again, as mentioned, we'll talk some NFL playoffs. We also have all of our phone calls, as we always do, on the Auburn Bank phone line. And we'll have birthdays and sports, what to watch for over the weekend, uh, and a lot more. So, again, Ryan, Cam, and Brooks with you here on this Friday edition of Sports Call. Cam Barry, welcome back to the show. I hope you're doing well, sir. Yes, doing really well. Glad to be here. Yeah, um, yeah. Auburn owns now the the longest home streak in NCAA, in NCAA basketball, so that's really cool news to wake up to um, hearing that and um, watching the game. And um, You said it was Loyola Marymount? That, that beat them yes okay yep um and <laughs> i just think about that so so a 75 game home win streak if you're gonzaga and i just can't not imagine that that was somebody's first game first gonzaga game and they lost i would be sad i would be so sad <laughs> um but excited to talk some nfl playoffs um and and preview some open basketball hope I mean, hopefully they get a win uh, at South Carolina. That's something that we'll definitely get into. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, again, very shocking and uh, not uncalled for, but very surprising. Gonzaga yeah. lost. Loyola Marymount is 14-7 and on the year. Gonzaga had had some close calls on the road in WCC play, but still they had a long un- unranked at home streak. They had a long, obviously, home winning streak period. And uh, that uh, is no more. So that was the big kind of news in college basketball 
last night. Brooks Childers also on the show today. And Brooks, so, I, I do remember that you were on the show yesterday. So thank you. short-term memory <laughs> is back to working, I think. Thank but, uh, goodness. W- welcome back, sir. Well, I'm, I don't know if it was short-term memory that was uh, your because it was two days ago. So it may have been you know a little bit longer memory uh, term memory that that you were having trouble with yesterday. But you know we're here Who now. Who are you? Huh? Oh. <laughs> what? Where, where am I? Um, but yeah, it's a it's a fun Friday, as our good friend uh, retired board M Steve likes to say. Uh, getting ready for Auburn gymnastics, starting the home slate of uh, uh, the schedule tonight against Arkansas Neville Arena. I'm sure there's going to be a big crowd out there. Um, had women's basketball last night. Unfortunately, they couldn't get the job done. Uh, played valiantly though. That had a good uh, a good good play last night at Mississippi State in Coach Harris's return to the hump. But uh, uh, they'll, they'll try to get in, get back in win column this coming weekend. A Sunday, they're back in Neville Arena against Ole Miss. Uh, and like you guys said, South Carolina is on the on the horizon for this Auburn men's basketball team. Bruce Pearl talked about them last night at Tiger Talk, and you know, very. We've talked about it. They're not the best team in the conference, but he was very complimentary of them because they are a team that you know did go in and uh, won on the road at Kentucky earlier this uh, this year, just last week. And that Kentucky team went on to beat a number uh, a top or one of the top ranked teams in the country in Tennessee. Uh, so it, it's a South Carolina team that this Auburn basketball team doesn't need to mess around with. And they, they just, you know, they need to go in and get the job done. I think they should be able to do that. Um, but yeah, uh, so it, it's good. It's shaping up to be a great weekend in, in Auburn sports, shaping up to be a great weekend in the sports world in general with NFL playoffs, getting ready to kick back up and yeah, can't wait to talk to, uh, all of our callers about everything that they want to talk about too. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to join the program today, join the conversation, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free one tiger 9 and join us on the Auburn Bank phone line today. Let's start by talking a little Auburn basketball as they get set for, again, a game against South Carolina this weekend. And, guys, if you had to guess, and I don't love this tool always, but let's just for the numbers' sake of it to give people the perspective of how uh, how favored Auburn is going to be in this game, what do you think the matchup predictor on uh, ESPN says is the chance? Are you looking at it right now? I'm looking at it. Okay, well, Cam is looking at it right now. Brooks, I'm uh, not. Uh, what do you think the percent chance that ESPN no gives books. Auburn to win this game? What percent chance? All right, on the road in the SEC, but it is against a, a team that Auburn should be able to beat. I'm going to say a 73% chance. Oh. Higher. Yeah. Ooh, 85% chance. Higher. 97% chance. Right, well, Lower. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 92.9%, essentially a 93% right. chance. According to the ESPN's Power Index for Auburn to beat South Carolina, South Carolina eight and ten on the year. Tell you a little bit about this Gamecocks team. I think the no- most notable player on their team is Gigi Jackson. He might not show up as Gigi on on the roster. I think it's Gregory is his real name. But Gigi Jackson was the number one overall recruit in the 2024 class. He reclassified up a year. Or I guess it would be 23 class into 22. I don't know. Yeah, no, but you're, he, you're right. He was forward, supposed to be in next year class. He reclassified up to this year. And and in doing so, he had been committed to North Carolina. He changed that commitment to South Carolina. So he is the technical number one recruit or what, what would have been the number one overall recruit for next year. So he's already playing for South Carolina, is their leading scorer. Uh, but other than that, this team is a wasteland wasteland of, of a lack of talent, uh, a lack of just acumen. Uh, again, other than the Kentucky game, their SEC play is hard to find a single positive. 
again, they beat Kentucky inexplicably, but here's their other SEC games this year. They lost in overtime at Vanderbilt, 84-79. I guess you could say at least they forced overtime. <laughs> they they hosted Tennessee and lost 85-42. to Again, that Kentucky game. But then after the Kentucky game, they took that momentum back to Columbia, South Carolina. Darn right they did. And uh, scored 53 points, which was is low. Uh, the good news for them is that they only lost by, again, 41. Oh. Uh, they lost to Tennessee by 43. They they cut this down to 41. They lost 94-53 to Texas A&M. If you told me to guess who they played, I was going to say that it was a scrimmage against the women's team. Yeah. <laughs> and then this Tuesday, South Carolina had another home game. So three home games in a row for the Gamecocks. Too bad it's not mattered whatsoever. Yeah. They lost to Ole Miss 70-58. to so, again, here's just South Carolina's point totals in the SEC. 58, 53, 71, 42 have been their point totals uh, in SEC play, and then 79 in the first one. Again, overtime game, though, right? against Vanderbilt. So, I, I try not to take someone lightly in the SEC in general, but, guys, what's the pa- – is there a pa- – I shouldn't say is there, but but what kind of uh, uphill battle is South Carolina facing here? What what would Auburn have to do to actually? I'm not even going to say lose this game to make this a close nail biting game. Well, how how bad would Auburn have to be? I mean, if uh, what what was what was their worst? What's 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 been Auburn's worst shooting performance of the year? Worst shooting performance of what, the year. What, what would we, if we had to think back, would it be any of the non-conference games, you Maybe think? Maybe Florida? Florida game Florida. was pretty bad. Florida was not um, great. They shot 21% from three, 38% from the field against Florida. They only scored 61 points as a whole. I don't know right. if Auburn scored less than that this year, so... Maybe offense as a whole, the Florida game. I don't Florida. Know. The Memphis game wasn't great. Memphis was oh, pretty bad. Oh, guys. Mem- there's a, there's one worse. I just saw it. Is it the Georgia game? No. No. Oh. It's fair to block this from your memory. So oh, they won this game. No. Uh, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I lost it. I don't have it. Cancun, Cancun Challenge. Cancun, yes. It was against Northwestern. Northwestern. Yes. Uh, 43-42. Yeah. Yeah, How could we forget that display? You have to uh, be. It has to be worse than that. <laughs> right. It has to be worse than that. 26% from yeah. the field in that game. Yep. From the field. It has to be significantly worse than than the Northwestern game um, for Auburn to for this game to be close. Um, and for Auburn to, I mean, we, we, we don't even want to talk about losing, but to even potentially lose this game, um, it has to be that bad of a game for Auburn. And I don't think it will be. Uh, and I think you guys can agree that we don't think it will be. I, I think that team, um, I think Auburn was really figuring some stuff out about themselves uh, at that point, and it was pretty early in the season as well. I think this team's found a groove now. Um, they've kind of found the best way to run their offense, and they're finally uh, they're finally kind of kind of running things through uh, through Jalen actually, which I've I think I've been saying for like a month now that they should be doing. And I, I like to see where he's getting to his spots. They're getting him the ball. Um, they're letting him get his shots up because then it just spreads the entire floor, letting him get to his areas. Um, and he's been shooting the ball. Um, he didn't shoot, shoot great um, against um, mind is blanking who they played LSU. LSU. He didn't shoot great against LSU, but he still had a, a an all right game. Um, and even still, uh, 
you know, Wendell still had a solid game. So, again, it's just this team is finding different ways to win, um, beating LSU by 18 points. Um, and I mean, six for 13, if you're Jalen Williams, 14 points. So he and, uh, he and when, uh, were tied for the leading score. If I want to say yes, they both had 14. Yeah. So they both had 14 points. Uh, I would say 67 is relatively low for them, but 33% from the field, uh, from three, excuse me, um, is not too bad. Uh, the free throws were kind of lower than we kind of wanted to, but they only shot 11. So it's not, you know, that number could have, could have been higher. Um, and then 44% from the field. So not not an awful game by by any means. Um, turned the ball over right at 10 times. So the turnovers did drop. And Flanagan only had one. So we talked about that. You know, he didn't have as many turnovers. Janai had a couple. But um, overall, this th- I think I think this should be a an easy win for Auburn. Um and they should be able to create some relatively uh, some separation pretty quickly uh, and early on in the game. You know, one of my favorite fun facts, just looking at the the team stats, is for this game. What's that? Auburn is averaging seventy two point two points per game. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many points uh, South Carolina is averaging giving up per game? Seventy two. Seventy two point two. There you go. On the uh, Auburn's points against, they're averaging giving up sixty two point four per game. Mm-hmm. How many do you think South Carolina is scoring per game on average? Mid 60, 65, 64. 63.7. God, so, so good, Ryan. If, <laughs> if you look at that, you know, it, really, if you just look at that, you could pretty much average a score out if they're both giving, if Auburn is scoring 72 right. per game and South Carolina is giving up 72 per game, you should say, well, Auburn's probably going to score about 72 points in this game, should score about 72 points in this game. I think if you're Auburn, the biggest thing is you just got to contain uh, Gigi Jackson. You know, like you said, Ryan, he's their leading scorer. Um, he's, you know, averaging 15.1 per game. He's also leading the team in rebounds, averaging 6.6 per game. I think that's your biggest your, your biggest thing if you're going to – if South Carolina wants a chance at victory, he's going to have to have a big night or a big afternoon uh, tomorrow for the, for the Gamecocks. And if you're Auburn, you just you got to shut him down. you got to make sure that he is uncomfortable the entire afternoon. You need to get uh, – I, I think you I'm, – I'm with Kim. I think you need to continue to ride this hot wave of Jalen Williams. Um, he's he's been really on fire these last few games. Yes. Uh, Wendell Green, I think he uh, he's uh, also been really good these past few games. Um, I think he needs to have a good day, and I'd really like to see Janai Broom get back on the uh, uh, on the positive side of things. He's had a few off games. He's been battling a little bit of an injury, but if he can get on a if he can have a big game defensively. Um, I you know I think Auburn well, Auburn shouldn't have any problems in general, but I think if he's got a big game uh, defensively for the Tigers, I think he uh, Auburn shouldn't have a should have an easy time winning in Columbia. Again, South Carolina just eight and ten on the season, one four in the SEC. Again, I know South Carolina um, is the worst team in the league, but this is certainly a, a matchup where once you consider how Auburn has played on the road the last couple times out against LSU, against Ole Miss, and I get these teams are struggling in their own ways too, but you, you just got to feel very confident about going into Columbia. The only – I think this is one of those where you say you really just want to guard against uh, the mentality of assuming you should win. You know, you want right, to make sure true. that you yep. don't walk in there – Kind of how we're acting right now, like oh yeah, twenty point game, no problem, be all right. No, and then you don't have the proper energy. 
you're a ranked team, so maybe the crowd's a little into it from the start, or at least if South Carolina can get going a little bit early. And then you just start to get to the middle portion of the game and they're hanging around. You're like, why can't we Separate. pull away? Yeah. So uh, I, I think this is a mentality game. Auburn's had a very physical and tough mentality so far this year. So I'm not overly worried about it, but I just think that that's probably – the thing they'll have to guard against more so than, than talent or anything like that. And we will break down more of South Carolina's individual players, some team statistics as well as we go through this Friday edition of Sports Goal. But for now, we got to take our first time out of the show. We'll be back in a few moments. Time out. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. This is Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger This Friday edition of Sports Call here in Tiger 95.9. Ryan Cam and Brooks with you here. Get you set for Auburn basketball as they got South Carolina this weekend. Also, we'll be talking some NFL playoffs in a little while. Four more games now that we've gotten to the divisional round. A lot of interesting matchups. We'll talk a little bit about that and more coming up. But for now, let's get to today's birthdays in sports. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. Birthdays in Sports is presented by Max Credit Union with two convenient locations to serve you. One location on Gate Street in Auburn and the other on Frederick Road in Opelika. Let Max Credit Union help you with all of your banking needs. Today's birthdays, we've got a couple quarterbacks leading us off. Nick Foles turns 34 today, quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. Foles was born in Texas and in high school broke Drew Brees' Texas high school records. Played one season of college football at Michigan State before transferring to Arizona. The Cats. He started three seasons for the Wildcats and threw for over 10,000 yards before being drafted in the 2012 draft by the Eagles. He made his first and only Pro Bowl in 2013. In 2017, he took over for the injured Carson Wentz and led the Eagles to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl MVP. Nick Foles turns 34 today. Rich Gannon turns 58, former NFL quarterback. Gannon was born in Philadelphia and played college football at Delaware. Let's go hands. While at Del- Delaware, he set 21 different school records and was an honorable mention All-American. 1987, he was taken by the New England Patriots in the fourth round and was traded to the Minnesota Vikings soon after. He spent four years as a backup before taking over the starting spot in 1990 and started in the NFL until 2004 for different teams. He was a four-time Pro Bowler two-time All-Pro and was the 2002 NFL MVP leading the Oakland Raiders to a Super Bowl that year. Not a win, but a loss. He is now an analyst for CBS. Rich Cannon turns 58 today. If you told me that the University of Delaware would have two quarterbacks from their history that has led teams to Super Bowls, <laughs> I wouldn't have believed you. Never. Yeah, never. Uh, I have a, I'll come back to Rich Cannon in a second. 
Bailey Howell turns 86, former NBA Ford. Howell was born in Tennessee, was an All-American as a senior in 1955. He played college basketball at Mississippi State. Go dogs. And was an All-American as both a junior and senior for the Bulldogs. As a senior, he led State to the SEC title. Taken second overall by the Detroit Pistons in 1959 and played 12 seasons for four teams. He is a six-time All-Star, All-NBA selection, and two-time NBA Finals champion. Was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame in 1997. Bailey Howell turns 56 today, and Jalen Rose turns 50, former NBA guard. Rose was born in Detroit and was a McDonald's All-American high school. Went to Michigan as part of the Fab Five and led the Wolverines to two NCAA tournament finals appearances, one of which they lost to the University of North Carolina. Go Blue! He declared for the draft in 1994 and was taken 14th overall by the Nuggets. Played 13 seasons in the NBA, now works as an analyst for ESPN. Jalen Rose turns 50 today. We also know what he's very uh, known for. And what would that be? The 81 point. Right. Having buckets gotten on him. (laughs) Uh, Jalen Rose's playing career had some things that I was excited about. Yeah. So uh, Jalen Rose turns 50, Bailey Howell 86, Rich Gannon 58, Nick Foles 34. Those are the birthdays in sports today presented by Max Credit Union. I wanted to get back to Rich Gannon uh, and... Should we have a discussion on best Delaware quarterback of all time between Joe Flacco and Rich Gannon? Well, I, I mean, seeing as uh, seeing as Joe Flacco did in fact win a, a Super Bowl, I would um, have to. Yeah. I, I would probably say say Joe Flacco. Flacco. Um, but it's uh, it it's it, it could be a debate. I mean, you know, Rich Gannon was pretty good, but I I mean. It may be recency bias, but I'd say Joe Flacco. I would also say Joe Flacco, if I'm being 100% honest. Um, his 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 couple of playoff runs with the uh, with the Ravens. Um, everybody likes to refer to playoff Joe Flacco, where he'll be not great in the regular season, carried by the defense, go in and. All of a sudden, he just flips a switch in the playoffs, and he's like a straight dog. So, yeah, I, I'd probably go Joe Flacco myself. I think Flacco clearly had the more stable career when you're looking at the two, uh, and winning that Super Bowl is very important. I think Rich Gannon's peak was better since he is an NFL MVP. Uh, He kind of had – I'm just kind of putting this together. Someone might yell at me. But (laughs) he kind of had the Kurt Warner-esque career. Mm. Obviously, Warner did win a Super Bowl, so I'm not saying exactly like Kurt Warner, but a very late kind of bloomer. Because he started four years in Minnesota in the early 90s, uh, really more more like three years in the early 90s when he was 25, 26, 27. Kind of like how Warner uh, got a few years later start before he yeah. went to the Rams. Then he kind of tailed off. He was in Kansas City for a while. I'm looking at this. He only made like uh, eight starts or so, nine starts for Kansas City in his first four years there. And then finally got to start more in 1998. Uh, kind of like how Kurt Warner for the Giants was kind of there yeah. backing up, but really didn't play much. Looked right. like he was done. Then he gets this last really successful win with Arizona, talking about Kurt Warner, and goes to Super Bowl, loses it. Rich Gannon mm. got this wave of about five years um, in Oakland, where he started for them for five consecutive years. And again, in 2002, the year he won MVP, he threw for 4,689 yards. That sounds Sheesh. very Kurt Warner, greatest show on yeah. turfish. Yeah. And then they lose in the Super Bowl. Uh, that year, so just kind of fleshing this out. Got to talk about it a little bit because 
again, wasn't around, wasn't very aware of all the football going on when Rich Gannon was starting right, to make right. a run in the late 90s. But to me, feels kind of Kurt Warner-esque, but Kurt Warner, I know, had a little bit higher of higher because of the Super Bowl with the greatest show on turf with, with the Rams. But I would to do, with all that being said, I think I'd take Flacco too, just because a little bit longer form of consistency. If you were saying who had the best individual year, the one best singular year, I don't think Flacco had a year quite like Gannon's. Yeah, no, oh yeah. uh, two. Yeah, um, but uh, just interesting. I, I also not that anyone cares, but uh, Rich Gannon was like one of the first one. One of the first video games I ever played was like one of the highest rated quarterbacks too, ah. because it, he was just coming off that right, 02 right. MVP year. So he's this like thirty eight year old quarterback. It's like ninety four. You gotta. What about Rich Cannon? And then you don't understand that they all deplete their overall very quickly if they're already 38 years old. So uh, just fun fact there, a little uh, inside baseball when I was younger. Uh, but uh, happy birthday to everyone there here on our birthdays in sports. We need to take our next time out of the show. When we come back, we're going to go to our, our, our Auburn Bank phone line for the first time today. Easy for me to say, but the Auburn Bank phone line coming up next after this timeout. <laughs> Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. Want more Sports Call? Check us out online at sportscallauburn.com. Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9, or if you're listening after the fact on the Sports Call podcast presented by Coca-Cola. Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, Cam Berry with you here on this Friday. All right, all of our Sports Call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member, FDIC, equal housing lender, Gives the call and join Sports Call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn Bank is our proud sponsor of the Sports Call phone line each and every day. And with that, let's go to the Auburn Bank phone line for the first time today. First up on the show, James from Montgomery. James joins us. James, how are you doing? I'm good in War Eagle. War Eagle. Yeah, did y'all hear about uh, Tom Brady actually um, moving to a different team in the NFL this uh, coming up season? Yeah, I think that's all speculation at this point, James. He's not uh, he's not made an official decision, and, and he's going to have to go through free agency if he even wants to play again. So uh, I, I think we're a, a while away from, from knowing exactly what Tom's plans are, unless he retires here in the coming days. Yeah, so within the coming days, if Tom Brady retires, I'll probably – for me as a Cowboys fan, I probably see like Tom Brady like being the game show host for one of the game shows on uh, Game Show Network or um, doing like local movies in Hollywood or something because I, I think that's what um, that's what he really wants to actually you know take his talents into the Hollywood um, big screen you know just to make uh, a lot of more, like to make more money uh, you know making action movies as well. 
Uh, that would be pretty funny to see Tom Brady in an action movie. But uh, actually, James, you know, he's already signed a contract with Fox for when he does retire, he will become mm-hmm. the lead color commentator for uh, the Fox uh, national football game. So uh, he'll become their lead lead color commentator, um, and, and so he'll be commentating on, on NFL games once he retires. Yeah, I mean, that would be a really good thing for uh, Tom Brady to actually do that, but I think if Tom Brady gets that commentator job for Fox uh, Sports, I mean, there's a lot of other – uh, veteran commentators out there that he can like, you know, shadow on like uh, Tony Dungy, um, Troy Aikman, um, Joe Buck, and many others that's been with the Fox family that's been doing so many uh, great things for uh, uh, Saturday and uh, Sunday night football games as well. Yeah, I definitely. Uh, I think that his experience uh, in the game will will help him out tremendously as he. Uh, tries to commentate, and we know that that is a a role that a lot of former quarterbacks end up, uh, you know, end up filling. Is that they see the game a certain way, and it's very advantageous for a commentator to be a former quarterback. We, we talk about Tony Romo from time to time, and how good at mm-hmm. at it he is. And of course, you mentioned Troy Aikman, and uh, one of our birthdays today was Rich Cannon, and he's a color commentator. So, quarterback position into the booth is a pretty natural transition for a lot. Yes, as well, because I've been uh, watching uh, the NFL football games over the years for Fox for so many, many years. And uh, one of my commentators that I still look at to this day is uh, Joe Buck because he's a really he's a really funny commentator on uh, Sunday night football for, um, you know, like for the afternoon games and uh, seeing what he's really done over the years with, with uh, NFL football games as well. Yeah, and of course he used to be at Fox doing those Sunday late afternoon games, but now he's at ESPN. He's been uh, he and uh, Troy Aikman called Monday Night Football for ESPN this year, so a, a different uh, stage of their careers. And and yeah, I've, I can't uh, I can't imagine NFL football not hearing Joe Buck's voice because he's been doing it for a while. Yes, as well. And then with uh, with me in the spirit of uh, football seasons, um, like the football playoff seasons that are uh, actually coming in this weekend. Um, I think with the Dallas Cowboys, I think we might have a chance of winning in um, San Francisco as well. I definitely think they have a chance. I I know San Francisco is favored in that one, and uh, San Francisco has looked very good uh, so far with Brock Purdy at quarterback and, and just in general as a football team, but uh, Dallas obviously had no no problems with Tampa Bay last weekend, and so uh, Fort Dallas. So they've obviously got great talent, but uh, it will be a big test for them in San Francisco. Yes, as well because I know that uh, the Cowboys they won't be playing, they won't be doing any practicing for today or tomorrow. Uh, so they'll just get a rest week on thir- on um, Friday and Saturday to prepare for Sunday's uh, afternoon game as well. Yep, got to travel and, and finish uh, last little elements of studying uh, there, the, the film, and uh, they've got to be healthy and, and energized for the San Francisco game. Yes, as well, because we're losing a lot of players. We've just lost uh, Bryant Marhart of the Dallas Cowboys. He's no longer a Cowboys uh, player. So he's, he just got traded to a different team. And um, we just 
had a new kicker from the practice squad that just stepped up as well. So I'm going to just see um, how this new kicker is going to do for for uh, Dallas uh, this weekend. Yeah, if he does end up ki- uh, kicking, I know they signed one of their practice squad, as you alluded to, but uh, I, st- I still thought Brett Meyer was there. I could be wrong, but uh, we'll see what they – what they do with uh, with kicking, but I assume Meyer will will start for them, and I don't know if they'll end up making the second kicker active or not. I, I, usually, that's not something that, that teams do, but I did see they put one on the practice squad. What else is on your mind today, James? Well, I'm actually going to be watching my Dallas Mavericks and Miami Heat, and this game that I'm going to be watching, I won't be watching this game in English. I'll be watching this game on ESPN on their Spanish channel as well because. This is going to be a really, really good uh, matchup as well, and I probably see these two teams actually playing in the NBA Finals uh, this year as well. It would be a rematch of an NBA Finals just over a, a decade ago between the Heat and the Mavericks. But uh, James, why are you going to watch it in Spanish? Well, because um, well, the Dallas uh, Fort Worth metropolitan area that most of the time when Dallas Mavericks games are being played in Spanish. They're all. They have a um, a thing that they've uh, done over the years with NBA. To um, I think it's like the uh, Spanish Heritage Month. So they're they're going to be doing that all week for uh, the Dallas Mavericks fans over there in Dallas. And you know, with these two teams, they are actually having, um, you know, with Dallas having a lot of uh, Spanish speaking people and. Uh, Miami having a lot of Spanish-speaking um, people in their uh, beloved city in Miami. That's why I'm actually going to be watching this game in Spanish as well. All right, I got you. Very cool. Yes, and then I'm going to be watching Auburn in South Carolina and seeing what uh, Janai Broom is actually going to be doing. And I think Janai Broom, I think he's going to be making 28 of 29 uh, consecutive straight points in tomorrow's game as well. Uh, that would be incredible. I would take just 28 points overall, alone 28 consecutive points. Broom has had a little bit of a foot or heel injury here um, the last week or two, so that's hindered him a little bit, but hopefully he can get back on track this weekend. Yes, as well, because we actually played South Carolina um, uh a few years ago, I think it was like 2019, we played uh, South Carolina. And this time around, this will be our third time actually playing uh, South Carolina. So I think Auburn has a really uh, tough, uh, you know, tough slate at home in Neville Arena tomorrow. So I think we're going to win this one as well. And then for that Saturday's game, I think the final score will be Auburn uh, 84 South Carolina 24. Uh, that would be quite the blowout. South Carolina is a a bad basketball team, but still uh, winning by 60 would be pretty insane. But South Carolina's lost by 40 a couple times, so we'll just have to we'll have to see how it shakes out. Yes, as well. And then we'll be watching some other uh, college basketball games today and trying to see who I'm going to be picking for the March Madness uh, tournament that's going to be coming up in March as well. Never too early to start observing some of the teams that are going to participate in the NCAA tournament because obviously the, the brackets are always a fun thing to do each March, that's for sure. Well, James, are you are you ready for your Super Bowl trivia? I am. I am. All right, Brooks is going to have some uh, Super Bowl trivia here for you in just a second. All right, James, are you ready? 
Yes. All right. What team has played in four Super Bowls but has never held a lead? Hmm. Four Super Bowls but never held a lead. That's right. Hmm. I will probably take a good long kick on this one. So I will have to say that will be... I would have to say that would be the Minnesota Vikings. That's right. Wow, nice, nice, James. Good job. Yes, because I actually went in the back of my mind on four Super Bowls that the Miami Vikings never won, and they never hold. They never held a Super Bowl title since, and they. I think they're not in the playoffs, but I think next year it will be their year to actually uh, make a title run to the Super Bowl as well. Yeah, it could be their year next year. You ready for your next one? Yes. All right. There are two teams that have won the most Super Bowls. What are the two teams? They're tied for the most Super Bowl wins of all time. I would have to say that would be the Kansas City Chiefs because they won two. And the other team would have to be the New York Giants. Not quite. I'll give you another guess at it. Both of these teams have won six apiece. So one team, they're and they're both in the AFC. They've won. Each team has won six Super Bowls. Okay, um, I'll probably take the Kansas City Chiefs out. Yeah, I know it's not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're in the NFC, yeah. Uh, let's see. Is it the Jacksonville Jaguars? No, not quite. You want one more guess at it? Um, I'll probably say... Um, I'll probably go with the Cincinnati Bengals. Not quite. The two teams we were looking for, you were in the right division on that last one. It was the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the New England Patriots have each won six Super Bowls. Yes, the Pittsburgh Steelers did win six Super Bowls. And they actually did have, um, you know, great guys with the Super Bowl team with the Pittsburgh Steelers, like um, Vince Swan, uh, 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 Terry Bradshaw, uh, Mean Joe Green, and many others from that iconic uh, 1967 and 1968 uh, Pittsburgh Steelers uh, team as well. That, that was some iconic teams. You ready for your next one? Yes. All right. There are four teams that have never appeared in a Super Bowl. I just need you to tell me one of them. Okay. These six, uh, these six teams, and I'll probably say that would be... The Jacksonville Jaguars. That's correct. They have never made it to a Super Bowl, so they have never played in a single single Super Bowl. The other three teams are Cleveland, Detroit, and Houston. Have never played in a Super Bowl before. Mm-hmm. So I think with this one, um, I think Jacksonville is going. They're not going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs because the Chiefs, they are a really good team. And for the Super Bowl that I'm going to be watching, I would love to see this happen this year. I would like to see my Dallas Cowboys meet up with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs and actually beat them in a blowout as well. That'd be a fun game to watch, the Cowboys and the Chiefs. All right, you ready for your next one? 
Yes. All right. Which Super Bowl halftime show preceded a stadium blackout? Which Super Bowl oh. halftime show caused a stadium blackout? Oh, oh my gosh. I know this one. I know this one because I was so excited for it. All right. Okay, I know this game. Let me go back in my in my uh, memory banks because this one was an iconic game that I watched. And I always tell everybody about the Super Bowl halftime show. I think this game was actually being played by the Baltimore Ravens and the San Francisco 49ers. That's, I know that much. That's right. Well, who was the performer? Okay. Um, let me see. I know it's not Lady Gaga. I know I know that. Yeah, it's not Lady Gaga. I know it's not uh, Janet Jackson. You're right. It's not Janet Jackson either. Um, let me see. I would have to say it would have to be Beyonce. That's right. It was Beyonce in 2013. <laughs> yes, because I actually did watch that game in uh, 2013 and when they said the Super Bowl halftime show it was going to be I think this was when uh, Pepsi used to do this in 2013 and they said that Beyonce was actually performing and once Beyonce took the stage I went crazy. Yeah it was a good halftime show for sure. Alright you ready for your last one of the day? Yeah, last one James. Yes. All right. What team has participated in the most Super Bowls? This team has played in 11 Super Bowls in their history. Which team is it? I would have to say this team has played in 11 Super Bowls. I would have to say that would be the Miami Dolphins. No, not quite. Right division, though. It's the right division. Give it another guess. Mm. You mentioned them earlier when we, we said they had won the, uh, were tied for the most Super Bowls. I would have to say the Pittsburgh Steelers. No, not quite the other no. team. The team. Um, the Ravens? No, it was the New England Patriots. Yes, the New England Patriots did um, appear in 11 Super Bowls as well. And with the New England Patriots, um, that was their first Super Bowl. No, not their first one because I wasn't around for their first one, but... Closer, close on to like the mid, uh, like um, 2019, 2020, somewhere around there. I know they used to do, um, I know with the New England Patriots, I know they have an iconic uh, roster around in that year. They had Willie McGinnis and um, a lot of other Patriot team, uh, team players on that, on that team as well. Yeah, they absolutely did, James. James, well, good job today on trivia. Uh, we'll, we're about out of time for the hour, but we appreciate the phone call. We hope you enjoy trivia. All right. Sounds good. And War Eagle. War Eagle. That is James from Montgomery joining us on our Auburn Bank phone line. Yeah, Super Bowl trivia is always good. Uh, some of those are uh, some pretty classic questions there. And, uh, yeah, your Patriots Brooks, I saw what you were doing there with, uh, with a couple of the questions. I, I didn't really mean to. It was just that uh, those <laughs> yeah, are the I'm first sure. five questions in there. And so mm. I was like, well, you yeah, know, might as well run them, with them. Might as well throw them right, in there. Right. Uh, what coach has won the most Super Bowl? Yeah. What player? Blah, yeah. you know. Exactly, I didn't say exactly. player what's won the most Super Bowl. <laughs> so, just, you know. 
There just, you go. Saved a couple of them for next yeah. time. All right, out of time for hour number one and hour number two. We're going to start to break down the NFL playoffs, the wild card round, excuse me, the divisional round coming up this weekend, and also have more thoughts on the SEC basketball slate as a whole coming up this weekend. Again, all 14 teams in action, so we're going to preview that as well. Again, out of time for hour number one. Stay tuned. More sports call coming up in a few minutes. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Hour number two underway here of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. This is Sports Call. My name is Ryan Lavoy. I'm the host of this show. I've got Cam Berry and Brooks Childress with me here on this Friday afternoon. Fun first hour, and we're going to keep the fun continuing on here into hour number two. Again, a little bit later, we'll have a what to watch for over the weekend. We're going to preview the NFL playoff games and, of course, continue to preview Auburn and South Carolina and everything going on in SEC men's hoops this weekend. But for now, let's go back to our Auburn phone, Auburn Bank phone line, 334 334- 887-341 locally or toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Next up on the program today, Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve joins us. Steve, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. And uh, I hope you guys are doing okay. It's fun Friday. Yes, sir. Good. Uh, Cam and... Uh, yes. Yes, sir. Doing children. well. Yes, sir. Uh, you guys staying out of trouble? Oh, yeah. Always. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. I'm working at it. All right, guys. I'm... I'm going to ask you this question, okay? After uh, Gonzaga went down last night to Loyola Marymount, is that how it is? Yes. The Lions? Yeah. Um, who would you not want? Who would you prefer for us not to be the team that breaks our home winning streak? And I'll tell you who we got. You know who we've got coming up, right? <laughs> right. I'd prefer we got it. A&M. we got uh, then Georgia. Then we've got mm-hmm. Alabama. Then we've got uh, Ole Miss and finally Tennessee. Right. I'd prefer it not to be Alabama. Yeah, no, it. Uh, I think that's going to be uh, everyone's preference is important not to be Alabama. But Alabama is is clearly the most likely uh, of anyone on there. 
Okay. Uh, I'll go with them and uh, the backup, Georgia. Right. The two rivals. True. True. Yeah. I saw a, a stat. I don't I know how accurate this is because it's from a person who posted on 247 Sports. And they said that during that 75 winning home streak by Gonzaga, that Gonzaga only played two top I was gonna 25 say that. teams. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. I was actually going to uh, mention that as well. In their 75 games, only only two uh, were ranked opponents. So, yeah, definitely uh, they, they definitely had an easier side of their schedule. But, I mean, they also dominated their schedule. So it is what it is. But how do you do that? How do you only do a 75 game home games? You only play two top 25 ranked teams. I mean, they just play who they play, you know, play who's on the schedule. They you yeah, know, the WCC yeah, usually it's, is it's not that strong of a conference. Is is usually only about a two bid league. Sometimes St. Mary's, sometimes BYU makes it, and uh, when they do make it, they're usually more like the eight or nine, ten seed type. So they're not usually ranked, and so uh, a lot they've played a lot of strong non conference teams, but they right. usually do that away from their home court. Sometimes they'll play them in Seattle on a neutral site, technically, but it will still be in the state of Washington. And sometimes they go on the road. Like they had a really tough non-conference schedule this year. They just don't typically play many of them at home when they do schedule them. So that home game winning streak is not as impressive as it may look on the surface. Then uh, I wouldn't say that. Uh, winning seventy something games against anybody yeah, that's uh, in like, a row. Um, well, I agree. Like that's over what two and a half like years? five seasons. Yeah, that's yeah five times five. fifteen or yeah, so home oh, games. Geez, yeah, that's yeah, about longer. No, it's about five. It's about five. I said two. Yeah. I said two. I was, oh, I was just, just two yeah, I was like two yeah. and a half, gotcha, something yeah. like that. But so usually you're going to play 15, 16, 17 home games a year. So yeah, five, five years or so, maybe just a little short of it. All right. So, guys, here's my take. The only way, the only plausible way we lose this game tomorrow uh, to South Carolina is if the entire team Saturday morning comes down with diarrhea. <laughs> Oh, Something man. like that. <laughs> I mean, I cannot see this happening. And I know if Tom was here, he'd say, anything can happen, Steve. But tell me, this is not even plausible. Uh, I mean, you'd like not to think yeah. that it's I think, plausible. Yeah, it's like, say, I think plausible. I'm sure um, Kentucky didn't think yeah. that they were going to lose to South Carolina at home, when, no matter how bad their team is you know, this season or how much they're struggling. So you you have to respect that anything can happen. I'm sure Tennessee fans last weekend would have said, oh, this Kentucky team lost to South Carolina. No way we lose to them. Right. Okay. Uh, I'm not buying it, guys, okay? So um, not, uh, Tom can – Say whatever he wants, but if this game we lose, then something uh, is abysmal has happened. All right. Speaking of our team, guys, uh, this is a stat that is, I don't know if it can be corrected. It should be able to be correctable. Uh, but this comes from uh, Jason Caldwell, because someone asked me about this. And uh, so now we have not been transitioning very, uh, very quickly uh, as we have in the past. And so he was asked about that. And he said this. He said, currently the Tigers are 317th, let that sink in, out of 363 teams in allowing offensive rebounds. So it means they allow a lot. Right. So that's on who? Janiah Broom? Uh, who else? I mean, in to a degree, anyone uh, and and everyone there. Obviously, the primary rebounders are normally your big guys, but there's absolutely still, you know, two guards that can pull in five or six rebounds a game. We've seen Alan Flanagan as a small forward 
uh, grab multiple six and seven rebound games here. So, I mean, Billy Cardwell. Well, yeah, Cardwell is the backup center, obviously. But just talking about the guys that play a lot, you know, I mean, Flanagan, Jalen Williams, all, all those guys uh, have to help out rebounding wise. I just had no clue that we were that low and that that abysmal. That's, I mean, that's pretty bad. And uh, I can't make sense of it, guys. What What do you think explains that we are that deficient in that area of rebounding? Uh, I really couldn't tell you because they they have the size. Uh, their defense rebounding is a little better. Um, you know, the, I I really the makeup of this team I, I think would lend itself to being a decent rebounding team. So uh, I'm not really really sure honestly because you could also say you know maybe they're kind of uh, waiting outside trying to get transition going, but they don't really do that either. So I, I don't really have a great explanation for for why that is. Well, uh, let's hope the uh coaching staff has an explanation and, and a solution to it, right? Well, sure. Uh, I mean, obviously they're going to need to rebound better when they play teams like Alabama, who rebound incredibly well. Kentucky with Oscar Chibway, who rebounds well. I, I don't think this is something that would hurt them too much against a team like South Carolina. Obviously, it's not hurt them too much to date, but but yeah, I mean, there's going to be certain matchups where they will have to rebound well. Well, I'm thinking we just haven't peaked yet, right? Uh, that's the hope. That's the hope you, that you keep getting better throughout the year. All right. Speaking of somebody who has not peaked well, guys, what explains the abysmal performance so far record of being winless in the SEC by a women's basketball team? Yeah, so a lot of things there. Um, for one, that they, uh, if you listen to the broadcast at all last night, that was the first time since December 12th uh, last night that they had their full roster healthy. So they've been right. uh, they've had two of their most critical players injured at times in the last month. And they were tied in the third quarter. Right, and they, they even led by a point or two and then uh, had a, a, a rough fourth quarter. So um, I, I think it's clearly been disappointing uh, what's happened in SEC play, but also they, they did not have a, a, a real chance to get started because of – Injuries to Aussie Scott Grayson and Aisha Cool Bali to, to start conference play. Now, some of the deficits that they lost by uh, are in, incredibly rough and, and hard to figure. Um, they were bad. LSU well, beat the crap out of them. Right. Alabama didn't do us any favors. Right. LSU is number three in the country, but but yes, they they've clearly gotten blown out a few times. So last night was good to see that they were competitive. They did have their chances. I think the game got skewed a little bit because they kept fouling down late. It was more of a seven or eight point game than it was fourteen. Uh, so it's closer than the, the score indicated. And as you mentioned, they were tied after three quarters. But the reality is, is they are over so far and, and very disappointed about it. Do you uh, do you foresee uh, our uh, the coach uh, Johnny Harris? Is that her name? Yes. Do you see uh, her being in the hot seat? No, not yet. Uh, this is year two, and uh, they were starting from a place uh, that was very uh, barren talent wise from yeah. uh, from Coach Flo's last years, uh, where things started to go off the rails there, and uh, didn't win a conference game in Coach Flo's last year. Uh, they improved a little bit last year. They had a really good non-conference run this year, uh, which, I mean, they already got essentially to their uh, win total from last year. So uh, is they, they need to win a couple conference games to say that the team improved, but there are still signs that they are improving, and it is incredibly young. So no, no hot seat right now. Okay, and maybe you guys know this. I didn't, but someone on 247 uh, Blogger said that the current Mississippi State coach maybe could have been ours, but – uh, is an Auburn graduate, and that uh, their 
married to the daughter of our previous, our, our, our best winning coach, Champy. Is that right? Joe Champy. Uh, yeah, the yeah, Champy. steps, uh, not steps, but son-in-law, I believe. And, um, yes, uh, is an Auburn grad. I, I have no idea what the hiring situation with him was two years ago. Uh, I know that people were very excited to get Johnny Harris because she was a top assistant on uh, Vic Schaefer's teams at Mississippi State, two of which went to the championship game. Uh, so, again, Johnny Harris was, was well-received as a hire, and I don't know the full story on, on the, the resume of Mississippi State's coach. Okay. And moving on, uh, what's happened to our mascot, Aubie? I uh, just read this, and uh, we won a – uh, was I think ten national championships mascot, and this current uh, season, Aubie placed third. Yeah, I don't know what to I tell mean, you, Steve. Usually, they, they they usually take second place at the worst, or they usually get first place. But do you know who got first place? Uh, I do not know who got first place. Okay, um, I just saw this. So, wow, we placed third. That's that's usually somewhere you know that we usually don't uh, go that low. All right, and then I saw this interesting uh, from uh, AL.com by Greg Garrison uh, yesterday. It says, two stadiums in Alabama make a list of the world's most stunning sports venues. Have you seen that column? I have not, but it sounds interesting. Yes. Well, apparently this list was compiled based on an analysis of TripAdvisor fan reviews, looking for the keywords words beautiful and stunning. And so the number one place... Uh, venue uh, that was voted on by TripAdvisor fans uh, is a cricket field in <laughs> Sri Lanka. Interesting. Which is surrounded by a tropical jungle. That oh. was the top of the list. And then uh, we go on to the second uh, uh, place is uh, Folsom Field in Boulder, Colorado, where uh, University of Colorado is at. Okay, I think they got uh, the mountains in the background. Okay. Yeah. So, Bryant Denny Stadium. To me, I've been there. Uh, the venue is not that great, but they came in eighth. Okay. And beautiful Jordan Hare Stadium made it to number ten. Interesting. Okay. So there you go. But have you guys been to Bryant Dean Stadium? I have. Yeah. Yep. All right. I've not been impressed by the venue surrounding it. Uh, surrounding it, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's. It's not anything to write home about, I, I suppose. The stadium, Stunning, it, the, the stadium itself, I think, is great. Um, it is obviously one of the traditional large SEC stadiums, but they've done a really good job with the the luxury suites and the and the press box and all of that. Um, and they are a little unique because they've got the corner scoreboards, uh, so they got four or four video boards rather in each corner. So. Uh, I personally like the stadium, the, the the surrounding stadium or the surrounding area with the stadium. I, I mean, you know, it's generic. I, I don't think it's anything good nor bad. It just is what it is. Okay, well, I was just using those words because those were the key words that were used by the fan reviews in this compiling. Beautiful and stunning. And, you know, the number one uh, is a place in Sri Lanka that's surrounded by jungle. Right. Uh, so I thought, well, gee, uh, I think uh, Auburn – uh, stadium is a little bit more uh, you know, stunning or beautiful, if you want to use those words, than uh, the location of where Bryant City Stadium is located. But anyway, so there was that. Uh, real quickly, guys, uh, about I had not seen the line yet for South Carolina. What did you make the line? Uh, probably Auburn by 11 or 12. I'd say low double digits. Um, 
Uh, South Carolina continues to lose by wild amounts. They've lost by 11 to Ole Miss this past weekend. They've lost to way more than that by other teams. Even though it's very possible Auburn could win this game by 25 points, you usually don't set a, a line that high. So I would say low to mid, double digits. Okay. Uh, you think it would be high scoring or low scoring on our end? On our on Auburn's end, it would. I mean, it could be middle of the road. There it could be in the seventies. I, I think the real thing here is is what South Carolina scores because they've had a couple of games where they've only scored in the forties or fifties. So uh, I think you're really talking about uh, how low South Carolina might might be, given that Auburn's played some really good defense this year. Okay, and the NFL games coming up, guys. This one uh, struck me as a little bit of a head scratch. I thought it was odd. Uh, the line on uh, Kansas City Jacksonville. Uh, game. Have you seen it? Uh, I am now looking at it. So I, I, I three and a half. Okay, I've so got thought, nine now. Yep. Okay, I thought they might be a double digit uh, favorite. Uh, or do you think maybe I've given too much uh, credit to Kansas City playing at home? Uh, this could be kind of a little bit of a cautionary uh, line just from uh, seeing Jacksonville ride out the momentum that they had at the end of last week and just seeing how some of those big lines from last week did not really pan out to be, um, you know, as as big of a margin as anticipated. So I think it might be a little reactionary to last week. Normally I would expect Kansas City to win this game by, by 10 to 14 points. Um, so, you know, I, I think you could have made it a point or two higher, but I see where they're going with this. Okay, and since you uh, were giving some really interesting uh, trivia questions to James earlier, I got a trivia question for you guys. All right. And you may know it right off that. Uh, and I feel badly for this team. What NFL team has been to Super Bowl four times and lost all four, all four times? Buffalo Bills. You got it. You, yep. Yes. Uh, they I mean, famously... I mean, that's, that's the snake bit. Yeah, famously, you know, that... That's a different kind of torture because, on one hand, you have great success. I mean, you're the second-best team in the league for four years there, and you win a lot of playoff games to get there. And then, on the other hand, you just get your heart ripped out four straight times. Uh, it's a it's a different kind of hurt. You know, you one would think, well, if you've been there that many times, you've gotten the experience of what it's like, so that can't be the explanation, right? Right. I mean, just, I guess, matchups and just not making – I mean, just, just – making bad mistakes in the wrong moments. And I remember one of them was due to a missed field goal at the very end of the game. Right, that would definitely qualify as a bad mistake, wrong moment. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I got, guys. Uh, I, I, none of you guys going to go to the game tomorrow, are you? Uh, not in Columbia, no, sir. No, okay. And just real quickly, guys, I'm uh, just wondering, uh, have you had any contact from J.J.? How, how's he doing? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um he is uh, very busy. He's been traveling. He's been in the state of Virginia. He's been in South Carolina. He's uh, back in North Carolina right now uh, with his job. So he's been traveling everywhere, but uh, enjoying it, learning a lot. And, uh, yeah, he's doing well. Okay. And I would like to ask you guys uh, something uh, that I used to enjoy doing, maybe other callers did too, you know, having previous uh, Auburn football players come on to the uh, show and talk with us. You know, I'm just wondering, uh, is that – uh, a possibility, like maybe people who are not in the playoffs, like Daniel Carlson, Jared Stidham, maybe some former players, uh, and uh, have them come on the show. Uh, yeah, current professional players, not very likely. Not impossible, but not very likely. Uh, certainly, we could try and get some guys that uh, are not in the league that, that played at Auburn 
here down the road. But uh, the, the current NFL guys are going to have agents. They're going to have people you got to go through to talk to. And uh, oh, get, okay. Yeah, it's it would be it's not like I said not impossible, but it uh, it would take a lot. Okay, I got it. Well, thanks for listening to me, and uh, you guys, you've earned a restful and relaxing weekend. So enjoy your weekend. Uh, try to stay out of trouble, or at least don't get caught. <laughs> and with that, uh, hope to see you guys uh, and talk to you on uh, Monday. So War Eagle guys, and hopefully we'll come up with the uh, relaxing win over South Carolina. Absolutely. War Eagle, Steve, we appreciate the phone call. As always, we need to take our first break here of hour number two. More sports call coming up after the break. have your attention please ladies and gentlemen can i please have your attention we're auburn's first and auburn's favorite sports talk show hi my name is what my name is my name is sports call on tiger 95.9 i'm Britt bowen voice of auburn women's basketball and auburn softball you're listening to sports call on tiger 95.9 Welcome back to Sports Call here on this Friday. Ryan, Cam, and Brooks with you here. Talking all things in the sports world. Brooks will have to depart at some point in hour number three. Gotta cheese it. You see? <laughs> Excuse me? It's the Every time the song comes on, I think about like a, a buddy cop thing. So like, you gotta uh, cheese it, you see? Jeez. Just Brooks just never change. Right now. Brooks yeah. just never change. I, I, you never cease to make me laugh. Look at our. Look, I'm, I always try to think about what our what our buddy cop show could be with us three. <laughs> double B, Cam into double B's. <laughs> Bro, I don't know. Or who wants to be the the hard line uh, uh, sergeant who gets the other <laughs> That's two? In me trouble. right That's, now. <laughs> All right, get so, back to work. Start right, talking. You know what? Sports. It's 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 like the commercial. You know, BK like BK Brooks Cam BK on the scene. Uh, BK, and you're the, you're the you're the hard line sergeant. Where you're you're the one that threatens us after episode. You yep. cross the you're off the case. You cross the line. <laughs> You're off the I'll case. I'll look the other way this time. And then we, we go on the case. And then when you come back and say, you did a good job. But you cross oh. the line again. You do this. You pull this stunt again. You're off You're off the force. Right. And, then, and we're like, and then yeah. Like the season finale is like I've got to pull you on paid leave for a couple for a couple days. Like <laughs> you got to take your mind off the case. And then you just keep keep twirling away at it I'm, behind my back. We're lurking around oh in like gosh. hoodies and, and hats on so that you can't tell it's us snooping around the crime scenes. I like it. I don't. I don't know how so it all fits dead. the sports call, but uh, it does. Like That's the beauty of it. <laughs> uh, yesterday we had a conversation, Cam, um, 
Brant, Brooks, and I about TV shows for like a good 20 minutes. Uh, I wish I'd have been a part um, of that. We'll, we'll have others. We'll I have thrown others. in I some did start solid TV shows that Brooks might hate, but, you know, it is what it is. We'll see. Okay, here we can talk about it for a minute because right. Cam, Cam is very different than us because Cam can finish a show in about a tenth the time yeah. it takes us, or Pretty definitely much. me. And so you probably watch more shows in a year than I have so far in my life. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, so I'm not – I'm the JJ of TV watching where oh I have not seen much. God. Not seen much. I did start a show last night in the spirit of our conversation yesterday. Though. What show? Uh, and again, this this well, this one is not some classic. It's just kind of a current no, it's show. It's called Manifest. That's a good show. Okay. I've, I've watched Manifest. <laughs> it, one day we're going to go through all the TV shows on like Hulu and Netflix. Dude. And we're going to just Check. survey Cam. <laughs> yes. Like not horror shows because there's some ones in the weeds that he wouldn't watch. But no. like just mainstream shows. And I'm going to bet you 90% of them he's, probably. he's watched all of or most of. Yeah. You could probably say it. Yeah. Manifest is a good one. Manifest. Okay. Good deal. So Manifest just started that solid. last night. So ask me in June if I like the whole series. Yeah. <laughs> um, even though it's four seasons, most people are probably watching like I don't know. Four yeah, they weeks. just came out with the fourth season. I'm pretty sure. Is it Netflix they, only now? Because it used I, to be on NBC. Yeah, it was weird how they kind of did manifest. I I don't even I don't even know if I finished it because I'm yeah. It was good. It's it's it was good for the first two seasons. You'll it depends on the person for the third season. Okay. Um, because I have I have a friend and she liked it and I was like, eh. so it it depends on the person really. Fair enough. Um, but I like I liked it. I did. Okay. Um, yeah, the, the guys. Uh, what was the? We we ended by talking twenty four yesterday. Yeah. Twenty four is a um, classic. I actually have not seen twenty four, but uh, one of my one of my best friends, um, he and his family watched twenty four religiously. Sure. Um, so I I'm sure I'd, it'd be something interesting to watch, but. Nah, not I, they did I just a, have not. I think they did a movie too. Oh, they no, I looked this up last night because I think twenty four is on Hulu. Austin said it was. I looked for it, but I didn't go all the way hardcore into looking yeah. for it. And there was a, a spin off that was on oh, uh, on Hulu. And then I looked it up and it looked like there was like three spin offs plus a movie plus the original yeah. show. So it was about five twenty four related 24 shows. Legacy, 24 yep. Conspiracy. Yeah, I think Legacy was on there, was the one on Hulu. I'm going to say 24. It, it, I just looked up 24 streaming. It says it's on Hulu. It says it did, but it, I didn't find it where I thought I would find I it, still, and then I stopped looking. I still really want you to watch The League on Hulu. The League? Yes. Is that I, the one I, about the fantasy football? Yes. Yeah. I think he would With, love um, that show. Who? I almost... Cole. Yeah, Nick Kroll. Yes, Nick Kroll. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen it. Dude, oh my gosh. So freaking funny. I along those lines, along kind of those lines, I almost, uh, I almost, my show decision that I was going to commit the next half a year of my life to, <laughs> which granted this one's not been on for four years, so it wouldn't be half a year, it'd be a quarter of a year. But uh, welcome to what, Wrexham? Is that yeah, the one with uh, Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, where they own the team, and I need to watch that. That I've one's on Hulu, that one. and they. But I love but it, Ryan it's, Reynolds. It's so. a documentary, though. It's not is like it a, not really funny. It's, it's is not. It not just, a, I mean, I'm sure Ryan Reynolds is funny, uh-huh. but like it's it's a documentary about them owning the team because they do yeah, actually own the team. It's, it's Ryan Reynolds and the and the guy from uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Um, I don't remember his name. I, I want to say Mulvaney or something. I think so. 
I don't that um, McElhaney. McElhaney. Rob, Rob yes. McElhaney. That's exactly who yep. it is. Yep. And uh he's he's pretty funny too. I uh, I watched Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> that shows something. There was a um there was a, a Showtime docuseries that was kinda like hard knocks for college football, and I don't remember what it was. But they followed Florida State, they followed Notre Dame, and they did Navy. A season with? A season with. Yeah. That's right. That's what it was. Yeah. Because and it, yep. me and JJ tried to watch it together, then, and then he he'd watch watched it without, it without me. And ah, JJ. JJ can power through a good uh, documentary or reality TV. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that and then man loves um, him some reality TV. Gosh, does he? It's yeah. so funny. I, I, think, I shudder to think what he's I, I, watching now in the last month. Did, didn't I would have um, loved to have talked some too hot to handle with JJ? Oh, oh goodness, that was, <laughs> I watched. Yeah. I watched one season, a, a season. I a, did too. One that was during the, the first during season. COVID, yeah. It was pretty. Not gonna lie, it was pretty funny. I was actually, I was actually entertained. Um, yeah, never again. <laughs> said never. If ever there's again. another Lord, will, Lord willing, there's not. But if there's ever a reason to be at home for weeks at a time again. I'm not watching that stuff. No. I'm not doing that. I'd rather watch anything else. I won't do that again. Uh, so, uh, not trying to go too far off track there, but I uh, did want to let you guys know I had started a new TV show. And, yes, uh, I'll I just want to reemerge. Keep uh, me updated. Uh, my on next how, on how you like manifest. My next available date uh, is going to be mid June for <laughs> for next TV. Show. I would like to know what what shows you think I'd hate, Cam. Anything said, anime. Oh yeah, I know never mind, will. never mind. Yeah, I know see? what you were talking about. I was like, what shows would I hate? Anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're just it's scarred. not anything anime. It's, it's just, ex- just it's one specific it's one. So good, it's, Naruto. Yes, yeah. it's so good, it's, bro. I, just embrace it. I it could it's listen. Like it could be seriously a, the best show I've ever watched. It could be a masterpiece of. <laughs> Of animated television, but there's just no way I'm ever gonna Dude. ever gonna watch it. Oh, yeah, it, it's I gonna know. have to be. It's not I'm gonna that, have to be 57. He's scarred. It's it's okay. It's not that um, I wouldn't ever enjoy something like that. It's just that there are so many other things that I know I need oh, yeah. to get to. We're kind of content overwhelmed oh, it's, in society. Oh my god! Uh, and I'm not gonna have a huge TED talk here, but there are so many just streaming platforms, and we were talking about this yesterday. And I never run out of stuff, and I've just got the two OGs of Netflix and Hulu. Right. But we were they were kept talking about Apple TV Plus stuff, HBO Max stuff. I do have uh, that. Showtime stuff, just yeah. all Amazon sorts Prime. of things. Yeah, Prime, Prime Video's got yeah. new series now. Prime's got some solid stuff. There's so many things. Amazon and Prime's. Got I like, like a sports Knox thing. I, yep. I like sports, by the way. That's that's what I what we technically do for a living <laughs> right, here. Right, right. And I watch that a lot too. Right. These are still eight hour workdays, so exactly. you go home, you got a handful of hours. Yeah. A lot of those are sports really related. Agreed. So I I I look I I got on you at one point because I'm like, why don't you sit down and smell the roses, and enjoy the shows, and let prolong them a little bit more? I get it. When you get time, you got to go yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because. There's no way I can consume the amount of content uh, that is required to keep up with all this stuff. And again, Brooks, some of this genesis of this conversation, we were putting together our Abbey submission for this year. And last year, there was a good long segment where J.J. pulled Brooks in and myself into the studio. Tom was already in there. 
and we were trying to quote give Brooks therapy. Oh, I remember because, that. I was on the yeah, show for that. Yeah, you were there too. <laughs> yeah. uh, just because he had so many things lined up that he needed that he to watch. Needed to watch. And that by he the way, started like two episodes and still hasn't finished. Right. By the way, six to nine months later, I don't remember exactly when that was, but approximately half a year later, he still watched like none of those that were on no, the list. No, no, listen, like listen. One or Have two. You no, listen. Whoa, listen. I'm out. Everything that was mentioned on that list, or on, not everything that was mentioned in that therapy session, has been watched. Okay. Oh. The problem is that more stuff has come out ah, that is right. added to that yes, list, yes, and so yes. it's the same length. Marvel uh, doesn't stop. But yeah. the stuff it that was on the list is gone. I have watched that, and now it has just been replaced by other stuff. Eh, if that's fair, at least at least you're not you know sitting still. Yeah. I am. I if anybody wants an update, I am in the middle of uh, She-Hulk: Attorney at Law on Marvel. I actually have not watched. I'm that. sorry. Is it good? What? Is it, yeah. She-Hulk: Attorney worth, at Law. Is it worth a watch? I've heard the that first it's episode good. is pretty funny. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the first episode. Yeah, it's a show. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's like what? It's Bruce Banner's cousin. Yeah, yeah right. And she becomes Ryan's a Hulk. Reeling. No wonder you can't keep up with oh, that. Why is that a show? Because it was a, a comic. comic. Okay. Yeah. But is every comic being made into a show? Yes, Shoot, pretty much. Every single one, yes, almost in the Marvel universe. I'd say All, so. I, maybe not every not single every one. single one, but they're they're growing. Yeah, they're definitely expanding. They were gonna. They do, I don't know if it's still in the works, but they were gonna do one. You'd of those have superheroes. to commit your entire TV Being. consumption, yeah, into this. Welcome, oh, yeah. welcome to my world. Yeah, and I, I don't want to. I've I <laughs> my, I I don't I have not watched She Hulk. I've not watched that. My Jeez. TV consumption is live sports. Yep. When it's just me and Grace, and she doesn't, she's like, I need a break from sports tonight. It's Grey's Anatomy right now. It's Grey's Anatomy or Ted Lasso or one of our other shows Her that we've Ted watched. Lasso's if it's uh, Stranger Things is back in, if Marvelous Miss Maisel is back in, it's one of those. But if it's me by myself, it is Marvel. That is what it is. Pretty much. Grace uh, goes out of town for a weekend. Boom, Marvel. we're hitting Marvel. Solid, solid. She going out of town anytime soon where you could pound through up. some of these? No. Not I mean, I'm to be fair, she has to be out of town for like, three straight months and then you'd miss her a lot so you'd probably just <laughs> yeah. go with her but Dude, uh it's not lying uh i'm just Time i'm just trying to figure insane. out so you're never going to catch up i'm yep. never going to be fast cam's fine though yeah cam, I just, cam's cool. yeah I you see that's through. a better that's a better resolution than you're a lost cause which was, was the resolution from last year right i, I, I just like a personal attack that like yeah you kind of suck with that. yeah yeah no, you don't suck with that. I, 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 I'm not good with it, or I'm not quick with it either. I don't like watch everything. I, I'm watch. sure neither of you have watched Game of Thrones. Nope, have not. Oh nope. my! The Van's more finally, famous the show, the more Van's finally I've watching it, it for the first time through. Uh-huh. I've I'll sit down and like just chill after I get home from work, and he'll be watching it. And we watched the Red Wedding the other day, which is a significant part in the show. And he was like, what did I just witness? And I was like, yeah. Well, that did come up yesterday just because of how oh. it ended. I-, I could get into a whole other can of worms of how we- that conversation started yesterday. But we're out of time. We need to take another commercial break. When we come back, we will transition into sports Maybe. again uh, and into the National Football League. Look ahead at next or this weekend's playoff games coming up in just a moment. Do you want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. Follow SportsCall on Twitter at SportsCallAU. Like us on Facebook at SportsCallAU.
back to this Friday edition of Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 at Tiger.fm. The Tiger Communications app. A lot of ways to listen to us today. TGIF. Absolutely. Uh, or if you're listening after the fact on the Sports Call podcast. If you are listening after the fact and you just heard that break, then we welcome you into now Sports Talk because we are going to transition <laughs> Now, away from the show talk, which is great, and there's always a time for that. But we do have the National Football League playoffs coming up again this weekend. Might not have time right here in the final eight or nine minutes of the hour to preview all four of these games, but let's at least do the Saturday games. And starting off in Arrowhead, 3.30 on NBC, the Kansas City Chiefs, 14-3. They got to sit at home last week and watch the chaos ensue against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who right. uh, a, a more night and day performance has not been found uh, in the playoffs in a long time than what the Jaguars did in the first 25 minutes compared to the last 35 minutes. Uh, my one thought on this game, and this is not necessarily matchup specific here, but I thought the real winner of the AFC Supercar wild, Super Wildcard Weekend was the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, because they don't have to play the Bengals. Well, well, they don't have to play the Chargers because that's who they would play because Bengal, oh, true, true, Bengals, true, 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 Bengals true. are the three, you're so right, they wouldn't have right. to play them. But it's the Chiefs because they're playing the Jags instead of the Chargers. I like that matchup better. Yeah. They saw the Bills struggle pretty mightily with a team with Skylar Thompson at quarterback. Yeah. And they saw the Bengals struggle. Bengals might not have won that game. They didn't get a fumble at the one-yard right. line from Huntley reaching the ball out too soon. And then Sam Hubbard chugging for 90-some <laughs> yards. So the real winner, in my opinion, was Kansas City because the other two teams demonstrated real flaws. Now they'll play each other. They'll knock one out. Uh, but as far as this Kansas City and Jacksonville game, I like Trevor Lawrence. I like the resiliency. But I still like the talent that the Chargers had more. And so when I look at Kansas City and Jacksonville, I see Mahomes better than Lawrence. I see a receiving core with Kansas City when you factor in the tight end position, Travis Kelsey, better than Jacksonville's. I see a team that's more experienced. I see a defense, by the way, now because of the way Chris Jones has played, although I don't personally not a big Chris Jones guy. Hmm. But he's been unbelievable up front. I think right. 15 sacks yeah. from the D tackle position. Yeah, that's insane. Um, their defense is even as good or better than Jacksonville. I don't know of one thing that Jacksonville particularly does better than Kansas City in this one. Am I run wrong? The ball. Maybe run, run the, the ball. Run the ball a little bit? Yeah. I would say maybe run the okay. ball better. But ETN, not thousand but, yard thousand yard rusher. Okay. I do like Pacheco. But they a lot, do though. and I was gonna say and they do kind of and that could be a usage with McKinnon. Thing. Yeah, and with McKinnon mm-hmm. and Pacheco, so you're you're right. Um I don't know. It gosh, it's just Taking everything in me not to pick the Jags, but I'm I'm not going to pick the Jags. Um, I, I I agree with you. Uh, Kansas City is the overall better team. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence said something. I think it was either earlier today or yesterday, where he was talking about Arrowhead and how he doesn't think it's going to be louder than the Jag Stadium. And I'm like, dude, that's not a good start. That's yeah. not just a recipe for disaster. You just threw four picks in your in your home stadium, and you're talking about. The other team stadium, but one of the loudest in the NFL, if not the loudest in the NFL. Guy, all right, <laughs> you know, just just be careful. By the um, way, <laughs> by the way, Jacksonville rushes for one twenty four and a half a game. Kansas City for one sixteen, so okay. almost a wash. Yeah, um, but I will say craziest thing ever, and I saw this 
I know you hate TikTok, Ryan, but I saw this on TikTok. And it was a guy that said, Trevor Lawrence has never lost on a Saturday. Never. Is that lost. real? Yeah. Uh, never lost wow. on I think a Saturday. So. That I think that's true. It is true. Um, and it rings true as yeah. <laughs> they lay down and they still somehow managed to win. So it's this little thing. Fate like is that. on Jacksonville. Oh, I know. It kind of is. It's kind of <laughs> crazy. Um, I, I think the Jags will make this more of a fight than um, a lot of people think. Um, the line is minus nine, so I guess it's relatively, like I think you said to Steve, that's kind of like a safe. Um, I think a lot of people think it'll be more. Um, but I think it might be less. Uh, I think the Jags are going to put up a fight. Doug Peterson is a really, really good head coach. I think he puts his team in a position to be successful. And I just think, I mean, man, sometimes that – and maybe it's just because of I've watched the Falcons and I've seen them have their buys and still manage to struggle. Um, but you have that buy, and just sometimes the team just comes out flat. You not know? as crisp. Not yeah. as, you know, they're not hitting on all cylinders um, like they should be. And that allows for a hot a team that is as hot as the Jags. I mean, they're, they've now won six in a row. Right. And so they're they're riding the wave of pure confidence and they're just I, I mean, it's Jags against the world. It was always the Jags. Um, and so they they will I think they will push the Chiefs more than a lot of people think. I still think the Chiefs, just because of their talent gap, will will ultimately win. Um, and Andy Reid is also a, an extremely talented he, uh, head coach. But uh, I, I think it'll be a better game than a lot of people think. I, th- I think the biggest stat that I can look at for this game is the Jags are four and five away from uh, their home stadium. They're under 500 on the year away from Jacksonville. And you're going into a really, really tough environment, probably one of the toughest environments in the National Football League uh, in Arrowhead Stadium. If if Jacksonville can, you know, can muster up a lead to start this game, I think they've got a chance to hang in it. But if you come out and you play it doesn't even have to be as bad as you you performed against uh the the chargers to start last week because i don't think you know trevor lawrence is going to come out and throw interception after interception to start uh, two weeks in a row but if you even if you play similar to that if you if, if you have a bad start this uh this kansas city team we've seen you know throughout this year and then several years they can score they can score in an instant and you're going to get put into a hole really quickly and there's less of a chance of Kansas City stalling their offense stalling than there was for Los Angeles. We've seen Los Angeles uh, give up leads this year. We've seen them right. you know, blow blow leads and lose games like that. Kansas City, when when they start scoring, it's it's tough to stay up, keep up with them. So if Jacksonville lets them get up by two scores, I think at that point yeah. it, it could start to get uh, ugly. It, it could start to get ugly. It could start to run away from the Jags. You've got if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, you got to score early. And you've got to make the the charger or the uh, the Chiefs match you. You've got to make them uh, score with you. Um, I, I just don't think you know Kansas City's only lost one game at home this year, and I don't think this is the second. I think that Jackson. I think Jacksonville comes in. Um, I I do like Travis Etienne, but I think that you know you're going to come in. You're going to if you're Kansas City. Uh, because of the usage that they get out of Travis Etienne, I think Kansas City's defense is going to make Trevor Lawrence beat them. And yeah. I don't know if Trevor Lawrence 
as you know, it only is what his second playoff appearance in his career yeah. can do that, and, and on the road in Arrowhead. Yeah, I think with uh, Kansas City, uh, th- that one home loss was to Buffalo. It was a pretty surprising loss, just because um, they had some chances to close that game out. Buffalo kept um, just towing away at it. No, they, they kept toiling away and uh, were able to to win that game. I think with, with this, I'm just a little worried about Jacksonville, like I said, across the board because now they go from having their home environment. They've already provided some, as Cam alluded to, unneeded bulletin board material. There's just no re- – I hate when teams do that. It's just it never works out for them. And I, I think Kansas City is motivated. I, I know they've, got the, they've had the week off, but um, they've also been dealing with this for a few years now where they have uh, know how to operate through a playoff structure – I, I I obviously root for the close games. I'm kind of worried about this one, though. Uh, I do think Kansas City wins, and I do actually think they're going to win pretty demonstratively uh, because I just like I said, I don't like I don't like any particular match, matchup. Maybe Jacksonville's pass rush, but I mean, t- again, to disrupt Kansas City fully, that pass rush is going to have to be there constantly, and I'm just not sure they're going to be up for that. Uh, We did not get to the second Saturday game, the Giants and the Eagles. We will get to that in hour number three. And, of course, the Sunday games, Buffalo and Cincinnati and Dallas and San Francisco. So we'll preview the other three NFL playoff games as well as talk a little more about Auburn and South Carolina coming up on Saturday and the slate of SEC basketball. A lot to do in the final hour of Sports Golf for the week. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of the show today and the final hour of the show this week. My name is Ryan LeBoy. I'm the host of this show. I've got Cam Berry and Brooks Childers with me here closing out things for another week of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Fun show so far. We've uh, talked a little bit about uh, several different things. We've had a couple phone calls. We've uh, talked a little NFL playoffs, about to continue to do that. We've talked some more TV. We've talked Auburn basketball. And uh, we still have to talk about some SEC basketball as a whole, and we'll do that in just a little bit. But uh, before that hour break, we were talking the NFL playoff picture, and we were talking the games this weekend, the first of which was it or will be Kansas City in Jacksonville. Again, that's at 3.30 tomorrow. Just finished chatting about that game. If you missed that, you can check it out on the Sports Call podcast, which is presented by Coca-Cola. 
And now we move on to the nightcap for tomorrow, the New York Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles, an NFC East tilt. As a matter of fact, three of the four teams remaining in the NFC bracket reign from the NFC East. It proved to be a great conference in the regular season, or excuse me, a great division in the regular season, and it is still headed that direction here in the postseason. So Eagles and Giants on Saturday night. I guess we can say RIP to the NFC least, huh? Right. Ah. It's all cyclical, but yes, for a few years there, yes. <sighs> oh well. Um yeah, this uh this will be an interesting game because the Giants will be they'll be facing each other for a third time. Um and the Giants are kind of much like the Jags in the sense of, you know, they're not riding a hot win streak or anything like that, but they are well coached. Um and they did win some pretty big games. Uh and well, tied and tied a game. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see how this game plays out. And again, it's the same worry that I have for the Chiefs as well, um, for the Eagles as well, like I had for the Chiefs, where a team might come out and not be as as sharp. Um, and I think this will happen more for the Eagles than for the Chiefs, um, even just because the Chiefs, you know, they've held that by before. They've done, they've been through this, uh, so they've got a little bit more experience, won a Super Bowl, everything. The Eagles, not so much. Uh, Nick Sirianni is a young head coach. Um, even though this team is really good, they did have an easy, easy schedule. Uh, I think the Giants will come out with a different game plan. Uh, I still, th- I still think Philadelphia is going to win. I really think, I really think it's going to come down to Jalen Hurts. I, I truly do think that that will be the catalyst in how this game goes because at the end of the season you know Jalen Hurts didn't run near as much the offense for Philadelphia wasn't moving as well um, and you know he has that shoulder injury so you want to see how that goes hopefully he's 100% because if he is then you know the game's going to be completely different it'll be probably like week six where the 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 Eagles blew out the Giants like I think it was like 40 to something along the lines of that um, it was a, a much higher scoring game than um, the I think it was 22 to 16 game that week eight was so it, it's uh, it's something something like that it will kind of make a big difference in this game in my opinion I think one one of the key factors for this one is Daniel Jones because he had a career game like it was a phenomenal game he uh you know we get so much so that he was uh he was named our sports call player of the week um but i just i don't know if you follow that up two weeks in a row daniel jones i right. don't have confidence that daniel jones can follow <laughs> that up daniel jones had a career game last week and still only won the game by one score right only I, I just and, wonder, and it was on the road right too i just wonder if you can attest that more to the defense I mean, the offense, I mean, they fired pretty smooth. You know, I don't think they had any real bad hiccups, right? Yeah. Did they have any turnovers? I don't I don't think so. Um, the Vikings defense, obviously, we knew wasn't that great. The Eagles defense is obviously a lot better. Um, so that I think that'll definitely be uh, a factor as well. I, it is. I, I just think Daniel Jones' career yeah. game last week, I don't know if he can follow it up again yeah. this week. That's fair. I do think Jalen Hurts is uh, like you. I do. I, I think Jalen Hurts is going to be a big factor if Philadelphia is to win this game. Uh, I think the biggest factor for Philadelphia defensively is stopping not Daniel Jones, but stopping Saquon Barkley. Yeah. I think shutting him down is going to be big. Is going to be key for Philadelphia. If you're uh, if you're the the Giants, you've got to stop 
not only Jalen Hurts through the air, but you've also got to stop him on the ground. And I don't think I don't think the Giants can follow up their performance last week with this week. I think it will be closer than what the the Chiefs and the um, the Jaguars is going to be. But I still think that I, if if you told me to make a pick prediction right now, it I think the the Eagles still win by two scores. Now is that score a, two scores a touchdown or a field goal? Maybe, but it's gonna I think it's it's gonna be two scores. So I do think this one will be closer than the Kansas City game. It is interesting. Both one seeds that got the day off are, are both the Saturday games, so they're right. first up here um, after the. Uh, the the bye week, I I think that Philadelphia will win a close one. I do think New York will test them. I think it's really hard to play a team three times. Yeah, if it's hard to play them twice, it's certainly hard to play them three times. And it's actually not the big advantage I think you think it would be that you play a team a third time that you already beat twice because you've got the right ingredients and they're trying to figure out how to mess with your ingredients. They're trying right. to figure out what you did well. And what uh, they can adjust to. Uh, I, I look this personally just from a couple of years ago, and I could kind of do this for almost any year that, that these two teams played. But I remember two years ago, Bucks lost to the Saints pretty demonstratively twice in the regular season, turned around, beat them in the playoffs. Um, this type of thing is fairly common where the the, yeah. the third time around third time's a charm it, it does not you know the, the success of one team in the first two games does not really dictate the the outcome the third time yeah. now i do still saying all that i still think philly wins but Sorry. Uh, and i think the mic loses to cam <laughs> but i think <laughs> i think that i don't know the way cam uh, i think the, okay, the desk I, may have won the, that one right squad <laughs> but i think that uh, Philly will have a late success here. I think the Giants will hang around, maybe even lead at times in this game, and Philly will have a late Jalen Hurts drive. Jalen Hurts is my MVP this year. I know he missed a couple of games. If I had an MVP vote, which obviously I don't, and probably no one cares, but I would vote Hurts 1, Mahomes 2, Burrow 3. I, I think that j- what Jalen added to Philadelphia this year uh, was so palpable. Even when Gardner Minshew right. had a couple of quality performances in backup, they still lost. And sometimes it's intangible. Sometimes it's not just all statistics. Sometimes it's the leadership element and the confidence that one guy protrudes onto the rest of the team. And I believe that Jalen Hurts really does that for Philadelphia. They respond to him incredibly positively. And so I think that they will need him any big moment late in this game, and I think they will get him to succeed in a big moment in this game. I'm going to go a three to four to five point Philadelphia win. All right, next up, the first game of the Sunday battles, and this one I think is still the one that I look forward to most of the postseason slate this weekend. I think probably for a lot of people, it is Cincinnati at Buffalo. And I do want to bring out this commentary here for just a moment. Obviously, everyone knows the DeMar Hamlin aspect of it. And these two teams now playing uh, and going to try and and play the whole game this time around and not have something uh, catastrophic happen. But let me say this. I remember two weeks ago or a week ago talking about Cincinnati being upset about the seeding aspect towards the Baltimore game. If they ended up losing the Baltimore in the regular season, they might – 
uh, a coin flip would decide it, they might end up being at Baltimore. I think the real thing that they should have been upset about is actually this circumstance, the one that's right. about to happen. They now have to go. To, they have yeah. to go to Buffalo. They did not get to complete a game that was in Cincinnati. And so now this game is going to be played in Buffalo. If Cincinnati had gotten to win or gotten to play and then, of course, won that regular season game, they would be hosting this game. So I think if you wanted to be technical in this really weird year, this should have been a neutral site game, to be quite honest with you. And so that's my my stance there. Uh, I know people might still disagree because Buffalo still had one one more win. But that game would have determined what should have happened. And so that, that... directly affected who was hosting this game. So I think Cincinnati should have actually been upset about this element. It is very tough to play in Buffalo, New York, and really any time of the year, but in the winter. Those mafias, crazy. But let me say this. Joe Burrow has won Joe Burr. in a very tough road environment, yeah. in a cold environment, in the postseason. He did it just last year against Kansas, Kansas City. City. Yeah. So this is going to be a hell of a game. I think this will, again, come down to the very end. And here's my thinking. I think if you're looking at the way these teams are playing, and look, they both kind of limped around last week a little bit. I think just purely on how they're playing, I would lean towards Cincinnati. However, the DeMar Hamlin aspect of this, that kind of the the moral favorite here right, right. is on <laughs> Buffalo's side, and they are the home team. I think it's very difficult to pick this. It's going to be dramatic either way. I'm going to lean towards Buffalo, though, because yeah. they are at home. If this was in Cincinnati, I would lean in Cincinnati. I think it is fair to say that this the, the, the venue of this game matters. Again, that's why I brought it up very first. Um, and, uh, look, we'll never know what would have happened in that first game. Cincinnati led it 7-3, to but it was incredibly early. So uh, I think that the key here is, though, Josh Allen's got to rein it in a little bit. He's starting to have some careless moments with the ball. He's not protecting it well. We know the big plays that he can make. He can make nearly Patrick Mahomes-sized plays. He can throw it deep down the field, cross his body, make these big plays <laughs> to dig. the wrist. But at the same time, there's a certain level of patience that you have to demonstrate that that's not the play that needs to be made every time, and he's starting to make more turnover-worthy plays late. So – I think that's that's the factor to where if I was just judging these teams on how they're playing, I trust Cincinnati a little bit more with the ball. But here's the other thing. Buffalo and their pass rush is going to be relevant because Cincinnati's O-line has gotten more and more banged up throughout the year. It started right. very poor. Then it got better. But now it's getting banged up. Yep. And so it's regressing again. So like they're out like their right tackle and right guard. Yeah, out two at least. A cap of the right guard. And I think the center got hurt too. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so I don't know if he's going to play or not. I need to right. check the injury report. But at least two linemen are out for them. So I'm going to go Buffalo and another close one possession game. Yeah. Uh, it, this, I mean, man, this is this is going to be a, a really good playoffs. Uh, and we, we, uh, we talked about this throughout the season that the AFC really is – like loaded and now we're seeing because it's so hard to pick these games you just and man the the factor of being of home field was is is and will continue to be so crucial um as it as it goes down the stretch and you know you're right um i agree with what you said about how the bengals should have been more upset about this about this game if having to play this game because 
I think it should have been neutral. You got to go to New York. It's tough. It really is a very, very hard environment to play in. Um, I, I, I think I also am going to lean Buffalo. Uh, the spread is five and a half, and I don't think they'll cover. Um, I, I really think it'll be a, a very a, a one to three point game, somewhere around the, the lines of that. Um, it, it's going to be a nail biter. It's going to be electric. I think it's going to be high scoring. Um, and, you know, the, the Bills, they, they have a pass rush, but losing Bond Miller was is just gonna is gonna be very um impactful for them um you know they 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 do still have some guys uh i'm pretty sure i think they have boogie basham they also have um um ed oliver as well you know some some really talented guys on that line milano matt yeah milano as well but i mean von biller von miller is truly a game changer uh and a game wrecker and not having if you're Cincinnati, you're like, well, whew, whew, at least we don't have to face Von Miller. Um, it, it, like I said, I think it's going to be close. Uh, I think it is going to come down to if Josh Allen will be able to not make those mistakes like he did against Miami. They were fortunate, really, to get out of that game, I feel like, um, and continue on into the playoffs. Um, it'll be a close one. That's, that's what I got. I think the you look at this game – I think that last week's playoff games were a wake-up call for both of them. I just, I, the, I think the who whoever wins this game is who got woken up more, because okay. you, you look at the both of these teams. You know, I you know, that first meeting obviously got cut, uh, got cut short. Short, but you know, you looked at it, it was even though you know it was on the road at, or it was in Cincinnati. Cincinnati went down the field and scored their first drive. They they walked down the field and they they put it in the end zone. How was Buffalo going to respond? We don't you know, you know we we don't know how they ultimately they would have responded in that game. You know you look at it. I don't you know I I really like Buffalo, but I mean not personally I don't like Buffalo, but you know as a football team I really like Buffalo, and their running game has come on a little bit with uh, Singletary. Singletary's really stepped up here. Uh, especially the second half of the season, uh, but you know, you you look at it, the the league has gone so offensive, and I know that uh, uh, Buffalo's got a really good offense, but you're still coached by a defensive coach. Cincinnati has an offensive coach, and I think you've seen a little bit of um, Josh Allen's got to make some plays here, Joe Burrow. He's got the capability to make them, but he's mostly he's finding guys to help him. He's finding T. Higgins. He's finding Jamar Chase. Um, I, I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a three-point game when it's all said and done. Uh, but you're going Cincinnati. I am. I'm going <laughs> Cincinnati. All right. Because – I could hear it in your voice. Yeah. You know, you, you, you look at them and – I just, I don't know. I, it's just it feels like Joe Burrow's got has got to be on a mission this year to get back to that Super Bowl. Yeah, my my rooting interest is I, I you you know this that there will never be a team that even approaches the stratosphere of the of my favorite Pirates in the Tampa Bay area. But uh, I do love some Joe Burrow and I do love some Cincinnati. Um, I was more sad than I thought I would be that they lost the Super Bowl last year. Uh, personally, and so uh, 
I do think they're going to be around for a long time. Burrow has just that swagger does. that's going to make it always doable for them. I mean, and also remember this. I mean, against all odds last year, I mean, that Super Bowl team for them, they were not that special in the regular season. They got hot a little bit late, kind of like this year. And again, he was doing all that just getting bludgeoned by people yeah. in his face. So I talked about the O-line getting injured, and I think they're going to start to get more pressure on him. But he had the game against Tennessee where he got sacked like nine times mm-hmm. and, and won that one, got sacked six or seven times in the Super Bowl, but still came up with a couple key drives late. Like, I, <laughs> for all of it is, he he has that moxie. So he they're not going to lose because he folds. They're going to lose – if they're going to lose, it's going to be because Buffalo go, goes and does something very productive. Josh Allen makes the big plays late. Out of time for this segment, Brooks Childress has got to go help us with Smith Station basketball for the Bye, time Brooks. being. I'll be, re- be relieving him after this show ends, but Brooks, thank you for doing that. I enjoyed you on the show today, sir. I enjoyed being on the show today. And uh, after this timeout, Cam and I will preview the final NFL playoff game of the weekend. We'll also preview Auburn and South Carolina and what to watch for over the weekend with college basketball in the SEC. Stay tuned. Sports Gone continues in a moment. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player and national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call. Ryan LaVoy, Cam Berry with you here on this Friday, previewing all the NFL playoff matchups here this coming weekend. One more to go here, then we'll take another break, then come back with college basketball. That Sunday evening game out in Santa Clara, the San Francisco 49ers and Dallas Cowboys, two of the most historic franchises in the National Football League, Cowboys thumped Tampa Bay last week, and the 49ers, after a troublesome first half, ultimately thumped Seattle. Basically what I'm saying is really the only two teams that did not have the result in doubt late in the fourth quarter. Uh, however, San Francisco kind of been known a little bit more this year as that team with this, just that complete roster. And, and Brock Purdy, whether how much credit you want to give to him, yes or no, He's not lost his starter, so what are you seeing in this game, Cam? Um, this one's going to be interesting. I I think Dallas is going to be able to put some pressure on Brock Purdy. I don't think uh, a lot of teams have really done that, honestly. Kyle Shanahan is just a, a great coach. He's great at scheming his wide receivers. Oh, he's great at making it. It's at making it easy for the quarterback. If we're being hundred percent honest. Um, I mean, you have Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle around you. Your life is pretty easy, you know. You just check down and get 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 it to your guys. And I'm not saying it's easy being a quarterback in the NFL. Obviously, it takes a lot of talent and skill. Um, not downplaying whatsoever that he's been able to do it, but he we can't lie and say he's not in a quarterback friendly system. Um, I think that the DBs for 
the Cowboys kind of match up pretty well with their wide receivers. I think in man, uh, they'll be pretty physical, and I think that'll make things a little bit more difficult. I think it'll be a lot more tighter, uh, tight window throws um, for for Purdy, and and that might result in a couple of interceptions. So we might see. Um, I think it'll come down to Dak Prescott. Um, and it'll, I think it'll be a defensive game. Uh, I really do. Uh, both of these teams have really good defenses, really good pass rushes. Um, Nick Bosa, Micah Parsons, they're both going to live in the backfield, honestly. Um, and that pressure is really going to be the ultimate and deciding factor of how these teams um, play out. I think if you're Dallas, you got to be smart um, running the ball situationally. I think you got to play Tony Pollard more. I, I straight up, I don't know how else to say you got to play Tony. You got to give him more touches than Zeke at the end of the day, because he's just better than Zeke right now. I, it just is what it is. I think Zeke's kind of fallen off. You know, he he's when he gets to the red zone, you can probably trust him to get in there. But as you're moving up and down the field, I think Pollard's just your better option because he's a more versatile back. Um, he's he's shiftier. He he just moves better around, um, and Zeke just can't do that as much anymore. Um, and uh, I, I don't, the line is San Francisco minus four. Actually, the closest line of the weekend. Yeah, the closest line of the weekend. I I don't know. It, and and the Niners are at home. So that is going to play a factor, I think, as well. But I don't know. I mean, Dak looked really good last weekend against the against the Bucks. He did five total touchdowns. He didn't make a whole lot of mistakes. Uh, it didn't seem. Um, but I mean, this is a whole different beast when you're talking about San Francisco and that defense. Um, so I'm gonna go Niners. I think it's going to be just like the Bengals and Bills game. I think it's going to be really close. I don't think that San Francisco covers. I think it'll be a one, a one to three point game, something along the lines of that again. Um, and I think the the over under is forty six and a half. So what does that put it at? Like 23, 24. 24. Yeah, twenty. Well, if it's if it's a four point line, it'd be like twenty five, twenty one, which yeah. obviously is not a real score. But no, I mean, well, it is a real, I mean, score, a real but score, but it's not, it's not a realistic score. score. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I can't predict a score. I, I, this game could be either be extremely high scoring or it could be like thirteen to fourteen. You know, I, I just don't know. Um, There's certainly enough on both sides of the ball to right, go either way. They're, right are really uh, elite defensive players, pass rushers, Mike Parsons, Nick Bosa, uh, you know, that that are Pro Bowl potential one-day deep, deep right. play, player of the year. And then offensively, there's running backs that and receivers there that, um, you know, I've, I've talked about I really like the 49ers weapons because I think yeah. it's very balanced between Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and, and George Kittle. What they've done with McCaffrey now, another <laughs> element to that. And then with Dallas, you know, the, the weapon's not as high, but still C.D. Lamb really good. Uh, the running back tandem has worked very effectively for them. And as you mentioned, Dak Prescott just played a, a wonderful playoff game 
against the Bucks. The Bucks still a quality defense overall, not San Francisco's level, but uh, I think the Bucks still a top half defense. So yeah, that was a that was a real success for him overall. And uh, again, we'll just look at the first game against the Bucks this year. He, they didn't score. They they yep. <laughs> uh, he was very bad. There was questions about him. He got hurt in that game, yep. and then he played an excellent game against them. So that was very important to see. Dallas is still a franchise. We talk about it every single year. Have not won a Super Bowl in 30 years. Uh, it, it goes to show you how precious that is. And they've still been in the playoffs several times then. This was their first road win in the playoffs in a very long time. So maybe this turns into something special. I do think pound for pound, San Francisco is still better. They are at home. But one of these days, Brock Purdy will play bad. And (laughs) at what moment will he play bad? Uh, But as as you talked about, though, I do think that Kyle Shanahan needs to be getting more love as one of the top coaches in the league because this is now, what is this, four or five years of San Francisco being one of the best teams in the NFC, and they've never had a quarterback play above average. Yeah, quarterback carousel. So, you know, I I think that they've got to get a lot of credit for that. He's a good game game planner, good schemer. Their defense works. They know their identity. They don't get shaken from their identity. Uh, and I still am going to trust in that in the end of the day. I think Dallas is talented enough, as I just said, to do this. Right. But, again, I, I know it's kind of dangerous picking all home teams here like I'm doing <laughs> because it very seldom goes status quo, even in the NFL, just in any league. But I, I think with here, I do think San Francisco is the best team in the NFC. Yeah. If I had to pick between them and Philly, I'd pick San Francisco. And so uh, – and, uh, I mean, you know, not to mention – because they're more versatile, let's see how Dallas stops the run. You don't right. have to stop the run against Tampa. They're terrible at it. But San Francisco's got multiple ways. Again, part of the scheming element. I'm not just talking McCaffrey. No. Their other backs. A lot, they yeah. Get Debo Samuel into it. Uh, Purdy can be a little spicy from right. time to time. Elijah so Mitchell. A lot more yeah. to defend here in this San Francisco offense. We're going to take our next time out of the show. When we come back, what to watch for over the weekend. We'll preview SEC basketball coming up next. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back. Final eight or nine minutes here of the show today and for the week. Ryan LaVoy, Cam Berry with you here. Had a lot of fun today on the show. Just talked about the NFL postseason. Looking forward to some great matchups this weekend. Not saying it will play out this way, but if you get Chiefs versus really either the Bills or Bengals, so just you get the Chiefs through, and then you get Eagles 49ers in the – NFC Championship game. I would think those are the best outcomes for each league, just in yes. terms of best teams. Yeah. Um, and uh, those, I mean, those would be considered all the top teams from really all year long. Right. So 
Doesn't mean it'll happen that way. Dallas might have other ideas. Jacksonville might be a Cinderella this year, but not that there's a true Cinderella in the NFL, but just relatively speaking. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and and so we'll see how it plays out. We're going to know a lot after this weekend. We're going to see if we're going to have a neutral site AFC championship game, which will be fascinating. Two hours away. The, the city of Atlanta waits uh, with bated breath there uh, to, to see if they will host an AFC championship game. All right, so a few minutes left in the show, as promised. Uh, let's kind of give you a preview of the weekend. Sports calls, what to watch for over the weekend. What to watch for over the weekend. Of course, we're talk- we've talked those NFL games, so let's now go back to college basketball, in particular the SEC, and quickly run down through these games. We'll pass a few yawners here as we've only got seven or eight minutes. Number 25, Arkansas hosting Ole Miss. Ole Miss down to 9-9 nine and nine on the season. Arkansas has dropped several in a row. Yeah, I think they, they're up to five in a row, six, five in a row. I think five. They're 12-6 and six overall. And so they are favored. They're in need of a win. Uh, 12 o'clock on the SEC Network, it is 13-5 Georgia versus 9-9 nine nine Vanderbilt. So a couple 9-9 nine nine teams overall there with road challenges trying to stay above water, above 500. Let's talk a little bit about this one. One o'clock, thirteen and five. Texas A and M still undefeated in the SEC, going up against twelve and six Kentucky, who has recently resur- uh, resurfaced a little bit here with some life. Uh, this one is in Rupp Arena. Uh, what what will this game say about these two teams? What what do you make of this type of game? A and M five and zero in the league, going to Rupp now, who is uh, or going to Rupp Arena to face Kentucky, who is now. Uh, one two straight, including that Tennessee game. Um, I think this game will say more about more about Texas A and M than it will about Kentucky. If Texas A and M can go into this game and win in Rupp Arena, then that can prove that they can really hang in this league at least this year. Um, they can really go into into any place and and really give any team a run for their money. I think that's really. Um, what what it'll say uh with this matchup with kentucky um just defend home home court right i think that's the biggest thing um that loss in south to south carolina i think um really kind of set them on a different kind of on a different mindset i think that was a big wake-up call especially losing at home to i think we would say is the worst team in the sec um and yeah, I mean, if you're Texas A&M, go in and kind of continue to do what you, you've been doing um, and just be consistent. Kentucky is going to be a tough matchup, but um, they, they definitely have a higher chance than I think a lot of people think. You know, I was thinking about this Kentucky team, and you think about how Severe Wheeler used to not really be much of a shooter. You think about how Oscar Chibway has always made his, his bread down low. But this team is actually a really good three-point shooting team. They yeah. shoot 37.1% from three. I think the formula for Kentucky is to maybe rely a little bit less on the interior stuff and a little bit more on the perimeter. I mean, 37%, again, that's 7 8 9% more than Auburn, Arkansas, right. some of the, some solid teams in this league. I know they got Chibwe. He can certainly help out big time down low, right. but I think this team needs to uh, – 
try and draw up a few more three-point shots. I know a lot of teams do that. Usually you don't have to tell a team to do that in this day and age. <laughs> right. But I think Kentucky could utilize the three a little bit more. Yeah, definitely could utilize the three a little bit more. Uh, Jacob Toppin, not an awful three-point shooter. He he kind of spreads the floor a little bit as a forward. Um, I think I was watch- when I was watching the game uh, with UGA, Kaysen Wallace, he kind of got it going a little bit from three. Um, and they have another guy that likes she's CJ Frederick who likes to shoot a lot as well who's really predominantly a three-point shooter um, so they they uh yeah that's that's really all they need to do um, is really continue to, to shoot yeah I was gonna say case and wall he's a 41% three-point shooter so yeah I, I I think they should rely a little bit more on that three-point shooting I agree with you Ryan um, and even Xavier Wheeler can can really afford yeah, he's to. Up to 36 yeah, he, he's at thirty eight point five right now, um, and they have Antonio Reeves thirty nine percent, and yeah, so they they just need to shoot the ball a little bit more. It looks like, which is, you know, not typically what you'd say for a Kentucky team that has Oscar Sheboy in it on it, but I think that would help Sheboy as well if you spread the floor out a little bit more shoot it shoot a little bit more start making those threes it'll make it easier for Shibwe to get into the interior and just kind of do his thing and tear it up that way get his rebounds get his putbacks as dominant as he is on the paint uh it'll make everything flow a little bit better for kentucky number nine tennessee goes to lsu lsu struggling mightily as auburn can now attest only scoring 49 against Auburn this in the midweek. Tennessee looking to uh, rebound from what was last weekend's travail when they lost to Kentucky at home. That one, 3 o'clock on ESPN. Number four, Alabama goes to Missouri. Missouri had fallen out of the top 25, but they beat Arkansas earlier this week in a close battle in Mizzou. This one is also in Missouri. So far, Alabama has not really been affected by going on the road. They've still uh, beaten a couple teams pretty easily, so it'll be interesting to see uh, the scoring in that one, and yeah. then and then you got uh, ten and eight Florida State going to twelve and six Mississippi State. Those records a little bit deceiving though, just because in SEC play Mississippi State just one and five, while Florida is at least a competent three and three. So those teams kind of moving in opposite directions. That one is in Starkville, and again, of course, Auburn and South Carolina two thirty on the SEC Network, two o'clock airtime over on our sister station FM Talk ninety three point nine. Uh, real quickly, Cam, just give me one or two thoughts on this uh, Auburn and South Carolina game. Uh, Gigi Jackson, truly the player to watch if you're talking about South Carolina as a whole. Uh, really need to keep him contained. Um, and I think you'll be able to be successful if you're Auburn. You need to just continue right off the backs of Wendell Green and uh, get Janike Broom going a little bit more uh, as he's kind of struggled these last couple games and continue with Jalen Williams also getting him to his spots, running the offense through him, getting him comfortable, and it'll spread the floor out for everybody else. Auburn, again, we don't have the line on this. We anticipate a pretty heavy favorite. We talked about the 93% chance the ESPN uh, kind of power index gives them to win this game. And uh, it, it look, it, I'm not going to say never. We know sports. We know South Carolina has somehow gone to Rupp Arena this year but uh, and, yes. and won a basketball game. But I think nine times out of ten, at least, Auburn wins this game. Yeah. And I think of those nine times, four or five times, they do it pretty convincingly, even in Columbia. So Auburn's got an excellent opportunity. 
uh, to win again, assuming they win again. Even if they lose, I think they'll still be ranked. They will break their program record for most consecutive weeks in the AP Top 25. Kim, and you were right on that Wednesday show. They have tied it. They will break it uh, if they are ranked again this week with 31 consecutive weeks, assuming they're ranked to start next week. Just about a minute or so left in the show. Time for Nightly TV Guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. All right, Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. College basketball tonight. Virginia Commonwealth goes to Richmond, 6 o'clock on ESPN2. Villanova struggling this year without Jay Wright. They go to Mike Anderson's St. John's team, 6 o'clock on FS1. PGA Tour Champions Golfs uh, at 6 o'clock on Golf Channel. And then Gymnastics, 630, number two, Florida, number 11, Alabama on ESPNU. And over at Neville Arena, 730 on the SEC Network, number 25, Arkansas, number seven, Auburn. First trip inside of Neville Arena this year for the Auburn Gymnastics team. Really excited to see what they've got couple of close losses on the road so far to start this year, but sometimes it's more about the score, especially early this year, and they've scored well early. Looking forward to seeing Auburn Gymnastics over at Neville Arena in just a couple of hours. And that will do it for the show today. Cam, appreciate you being on this week. Have a safe and fun weekend. We'll see you next week. Yes, sir. I'll be back next week. Sounds great. And uh, we thank Brooks Childress for being on the show earlier as well. Smith Station basketball about to start over on FM Talk 93.9 against Opelika, so stay tuned there uh, for for the girls' and boys' games. For Cam Berry and Brooks Childress, and for all those who tuned in and called in today, we appreciate you. Uh, my, my name is Ryan Lavoy. Have a great weekend. Enjoy Auburn basketball, and we'll talk to you on Monday.